0: Summertime is heating up at Global Voice Broadcasting. Hot music, hot talk, and hot topics. All day,
1: every day,
0: 24-7. You don't want to miss a minute on Global Voice Broadcasting.
2: My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating Girl Boners for years.
0: It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin
2: What you believe can change your experience. Stenes Jonikos, The Menopause Makeover. I love that this quote derives from a book on menopause because, well, many of the other quotes I found were actually quite frightening. What comes to your mind when you hear the word menopause? If you're like many folks, it's probably nothing terribly positive unless you've been through it and found some mighty perks of your own. Menopause is a natural and normal phase of life that marks the end of fertility and menstruation, And while it often brings challenges, sometimes really hefty ones, there's a lot you can do to make it all a more pleasant and potentially even freeing experience before, during, and afterwards, or so I'm learning. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am stoked to be exploring this topic today with two spectacular experts, starting with our very own Dr. Megan Fleming. Then Dr. Barb Dupree will be joining me Um, on the line later on. Here's a bit of my recent chat with Dr. Megan about menopause and mindset, some of those potential perks of even hot flashes, what, how the changes affect intimacy, and more. I know you received a question from a woman who has gone through menopause. She's 60, and she says she has, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, lichen sclerosis. Uh, around the vagina area, and she says that sex is painful for her at the moment. Um, she says I've not had a physical relationship for about four years now, and I miss that side of a relationship. However, I have met a new partner who is from overseas and we are due to meet soon. And obviously part of the relationship is going to involve sex. However, he has admitted he's very well endowed. The last time I had sex with menopause and lichen sclerosis, I had to stop because it was so painful. And she said she's desperate to have sex again and also feels wants to feel totally like a woman at that moment and to have sex without pain and soreness and to really enjoy it. And at the moment she's feeling depressed, she says she's grateful for, for any help. Uh, but obviously she's considering, you know, ways to make penetrative sex more comfortable.
1: I mean, it's a great question and she touches upon, um, a lot of different points here. Uh, one is, Putting it aside, um, and I don't know if it's lichen or lichen <laughs> sclerosis myself, and I totally should. Um, but the menopause, let's just look at that part first. First of all, she's got menopause and she hasn't been in a sexual relationship for a number of years. So again, I'd be curious whether or not she's been on any hormone replacement therapy. Because again, menopause, you lose the estrogen, which is contributes to the elasticity, um, in terms of the vagina. And so even without, um, the sclerosis, she might have tearing or bleeding or discomfort. So one is, you know, is she using a vaginal lubricant, like a replens versus a moisturizer, uh, talking to her doctor about the potential role of, uh, HRT, hormone replacement therapy, because first and foremost, before she's even with a partner, I want to know that she can put something inside her vagina without pain or discomfort. And that's where dilators that we often use for vaginismus um, can really play a role. But she could start like with her pinky finger. Um, she could work with dilators. But I think first, because she may have an understandable great wish to want to have penetration. But first, I want to help her ensure that it's going to be comfortable, Mm,
2: yes. And these dilators, are those products that any consumer can buy, or is that a medical device?
1: Um, it, you know, it's interesting. It is a medical device, um, but I know if you go to vaginismus.com um, or you look on as anything these days online, I'm sure you can um, buy them. And certainly... Um, I, you know, again, I, I know that I keep them for, so it's the role of potentially seeing a sex therapist or your gynecologist. Um, my, my sense is you can definitely get them online. I think they tend to be a little bit more expensive, uh, potentially. Um, but I think just recognizing and encouraging her to just know a few things. One is, tending of the vagina. Like she wants to be really aroused and she's got all this anxiety on board. So knowing what she can do on her own first is going to help her build confidence and help her with her relaxation. I also think in terms of the sclerosis, it's important that she's, um, you know, I don't know if she's had cortisone, which is often prescribed, um, because it's definitely something that can lead to scar tissue and, um, those patches can be both sort of painful and, and itching and so I don't know sort of whether or not she's having um, a significant flare or not, but I think that's another thing if she hasn't seen a doctor certainly making sure she's um, really uh, addressed the the sclerosis first and this is the biggest thing about sexuality it's like it, our biggest sex organs are brain, and the idea I can't do something is paramount. And I think that that's one of the biggest blocks. So it's just to say, you know what, you're just meeting this guy and you're also saying he's like quite endowed. I would say for the immediate, take the penetration off the table, because that doesn't mean you can't make love. You know, there are many different ways um, of making love. In fact, I think Bill Clinton sort of helped us recognize oral sex, right, is another way Mm -hmm. um, of defining sex, that it's not always penetration. So I think, first of all, helping her open her mind to what's possible versus Fear of what can't happen. I
2: love that. Such excellent points and the mindset thing is just so big. And actually, I was already thinking as you were speaking about menopause and the ideas that we have about it. And I know the kind of general assumption, I think, is that menopause is kind of not the end of our sexuality, but that it's very daunting and obviously it brings challenges but i think that there's a perception that you know it's very difficult to have sex or maybe we'll never want it again or it's scary for a lot of us and i think we don't learn a whole lot about it so how much do you think the mindset about menopause actually affects our our sex lives once we
1: reach it oh i think the mindset is huge i mean because again yes there's hormonal factors and hot flashes and um, but you know, I've sometimes joked with my husband because average age of onset for menopause is fifty-one. So I'm like, all right, we're counting down. How many years? <laughs> Good sex, right? <laughs> and um, and I I think I've shared this story before, but Betty Dotson, you know, she's like eighty-six, the mother of masturbation. She's the first person that gave me a positive image of menopause and a hot flash in particular, because most women are like, you know, can I stick my head in the freezer? Um. And they talk about how hard it is, but she welcomed it, right? Again, we talk about what we resist, persist, and what we focus on expands. And so she was like, oh, my God, the heat in my body. And she just really made the artist that she is sensual. And I was like, thank you so much for giving me the first ever positive vision of a hot flash that I've ever heard. Because that's a very – if you all of a sudden are like, oh, my God, this thing's coming and it's amazing versus the thing that, holy crap, what's happening to me – the reaction is going to be completely different.
2: <laughs> yes. That is going to be one of my new goals is to welcome and embrace. I'm going to try to see hot flashes as like the jacuzzi <laughs> see if it helps.
1: Exactly. <laughs> She's like this warm energy pulsing through your body, you know? And she like, and I was just like, Oh my God, I want that. You yeah. Know? Like- <laughs> it's like, sign me up, make it come faster. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you find that a lot of
2: people, uh, struggle with do you see a lot of patients who are struggling with sexual issues related to menopause?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially if, if somebody's not, um, and there are many different reasons in history, especially like if you've had breast cancer, you know, you might not want to do any estrogen replacement. So again, there's topical and local, um, which again, it's not systemic, meaning taking a pill. Uh, so it's a much lower dose of estrogen. But I think that, again, it's Important that you're incredibly aroused that you're using both a vaginal moisturizer and a lubricant um, That you potentially are taking positions like being on top where you're controlling depth of penetration You know, it's like it's like any muscle if you don't use it you lose it and so um, You know maintaining an active sex life and I say to you know for a woman who may not be in relationship that is the role of using dilators or dildos because honestly um, it's the experience of, you know, sort of the the arousal and visa congestion that, but you're using something and penetrating because that's, what's going to help it be more easeful and comfortable.
2: Mm, I like that. I've noticed that there are now some kind of welcome kits. I think you said your daughter even got one for uh, periods when you're first getting your period. Now there's more kind of like, Fun products that are coming out in care packages. I feel like there should be p- care packages, like welcome to menopause and, you know, here's your lube and your toy and try these things and, and all of that. That's really interesting. And how do... You might have a new business model there. all <laughs> You know, there you go. I need to think about that some more. I certainly think I'm going to want my own care package. Um
1: so that's fabulous. And your girlfriend should give it to you, right? Yeah.
2: Have a little party. You know, it's kind of like people are having divorce parties now. Like let's put a positive twist
1: on this whole on this whole thing. Why not? I remember well, seeing me- Especially because some women actually have better sex post menopause because guess what? They no longer have the fear of pregnancy. Yeah. Right? And for some women that has been something so sort of deep-rooted that they hold tension. Like they, they don't relax and let go because they're afraid they're going to get pregnant. So there's actually, it really is a reframe. And there are, there are many aspects of it that um, we should welcome.
2: I love that. Yeah, that's definitely freeing for sure. And what about our partners? So let's say you're in a heterosexual relationship and you're going through menopause I've read, and I haven't read the studies, or if there are studies, but that men also go through a sort of andropause or something, something that's similar. Is that a real thing?
1: Um, You know, definitely that term andropause. I mean, I think that, you know, for men, the the sort of equivalent of our estrogen is testosterone. And we certainly know that with aging, uh, testosterone decreases. Um, You know, it's one of those things, it's not as ubiquitous i guess is the right word like you you don't equally hear like all women go through menopause that's just the way it is right like but not all men um have complaints that are consistent sort of with this idea of andropause so um you know i think we just don't know as much about it
2: yeah it definitely seems like new terrain i do know that our hormonal shifts Are going to affect our partners in some way you know i always i joke that there's pre-menstruation like that that men menstruate with us sometimes you know if we're with an empathetic partner hopefully they're sensing something that we're we're going through it can be and it can be a strengthening thing to go go through you know changes in our lives and and all of that for sure
1: yeah, I mean, I think the intimacy building of, you know, get, whenever, going back to what we talked about earlier, like disability, illness, disease, you know, undoing that aloneness and being like, we're in this together and we can figure out different options, solutions because we're both, um, you know, it's it's about both the psychological connection, but the physical touching and caressing and feeling pleasure in your body. And I think that um, being, feeling like you're both on the same team around that um, makes a world of difference.
2: Such wonderful wisdom as always. Thank you for joining me again, Dr. Megan, and for all of you out there, make sure you check out her website, GreatLifeGreatSex.com. And if you want to join me in my hot flash jacuzzi parties, we'll see if I still feel that way when I, if or when I have them. <laughs> Please let me know. Next, I am so pleased to welcome Dr. Barb Dupree, who has been a gynecologist and women's health provider for almost thirty years, and a menopause care specialist for the past ten. She was named the 2013 Certified Menopause Practitioner of the Year by the North American Menopause Society for exceptional contributions to menopause care. In particular, the award recognized the outreach, communication, and education she does through her wonderful website and its. A lot more than that, Middlesex MD, which you can find at middlesexmd.com, and her work as director of the Women's Midlife Services at Holland Hospital in Michigan. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Dupree. Yeah, thank you for having me, August. Until recently, I actually didn't even realize that menopause was a specialty, or that there were doctors who specialized. Which I think is awesome. But what inspired you to pursue this work?
0: Well, it became apparent to me in my general OBGYN practice that women who were making a transition into and through menopause had a significant amount of symptoms and were often struggling a great deal. And we really didn't incorporate a lot of time in our appointments or our typical schedules to address those symptoms. Um, I've made a transition in my practice about 10 years ago, which also was a little after the Women's Health Initiative was published, and it added a lot of confusion about safe treatment options, what women should consider for treatment options. So for a lot of women, they were really left on their own, trying to navigate this without good, solid information. And women tried all kinds of crazy things to alleviate symptoms. And I think now that we're a little further down the road, it's really a recognized area of practice focus. There is a journal published monthly just called Menopause. There is an organization called the North American Menopause Society that certifies providers who have an interest and focus of their practice. There is a website called menopause.org that is the North American Menopause Society website, and you can find a provider in your area if you put in your zip code with a circumference of miles around, it can help find a provider in your area. So there are some really good resources available. And unfortunately, I will say most physicians don't take much of an interest in this area of medicine or don't have a lot of experience. So if you really are struggling in this area, I think the effort of finding someone who really wants to take the time and energy to help you navigate it is probably a a good investment.
2: I think it's so wonderful. It's interesting to me how it seems like another sort of taboo subject in many ways and I feel like what we do here tends to be fairly negative. And earlier in the show, I asked uh, our sex and relationships expert, Dr. Megan Fleming, about the role mindset plays in how someone experiences menopause. And I wondered, is that something that you see making a difference if somebody is approaching menopause with, say, a positive attitude versus, or more education? Can that actually affect symptoms?
0: I think so. I think it really does. So much of what I do is... Um, setting expectations, and uh, helping women understand the array of symptoms that may come as a result of menopause. I explain to women that menopause really, in essence, is endocrine failure or organ failure, and these areas of your body which have these um, receptor sites to estrogen, progesterone, are now likely to have some changes as a result of menopause, and it might be joints, sleep, brain, skin, but the area that is most significantly affected over time as a result of menopause tends to be the genitals, the vagina, and the vulva. So while night sweats are commonly recognized as a menopausal symptoms, sometimes it's three to five years or more down the road, women really have onset of sexual complaints or concerns, and they no longer associate it with a menopausal transition. So just equipping women with knowledge and, and Understanding about what to expect and some lifestyle things that may help modify that can help women a great deal.
2: I imagine so. That is really really interesting. I actually have a couple of questions from a girl boner fan, Jenny, and it relates. The first one relates to what you were just uh, explaining a bit. She said, "I keep hearing that a quote certain amount of exercise or soy or black cohosh, even primrose primrose oil, etc., will alleviate." symptoms and cure anxiety and hot flashes, I want to know what works and how to manage dosage. Uh, Some of these lifestyle um, approaches. So I guess it's two part. One is, can they be helpful? And also, how do you figure out if you are taking like a natural supplement, for example, what the dosage would be?
0: I will say that one of the things I reinforce to women at this age and stage is that lifestyle matters more. Details matter more, so paying attention to exercise, I would put top of the list. If you're going to try to get the biggest bang for your buck and get the biggest outcome in for your effort, it's going to be around exercise. We know exercise reduces anxiety, improves depression, it improves sleep, and so if you can find the time and energy, I would highly recommend women exercise. There has been some data to suggest that women who exercise may experience fewer hot flashes, We also understand that overweight women, obese women experience more hot flashes generally. So if women can incorporate exercise also in trying to attain an ideal body weight, that's going to be great as well. When it comes to herbal options and treating menopausal symptoms, the symptoms specifically that might respond to herbs are going to be hot flashes. It's not going to be vaginal dryness or mood generally or sleep or joint pain, but hot flashes occasion can be alleviated with some of the herbs. Unfortunately, the herbs don't really perform better than placebo in our clinical trials, but that doesn't mean they don't work for anyone. So I often encourage women to try that. And for instance, soy can be converted to a more active estrogen-like component for certain people who have the enzyme to make that transition in their gut. But unfortunately, we cannot predict who's going to get a favorable response from soy or not, nor can we very easily predict dosing. So most women are somewhat on their own when it comes to trying the herbal remedies. And again, I encourage women to give that a try. I don't see a downside to trying it. I just wish we had more direction we could give women in expecting an outcome.
2: Yeah, hopefully that will happen in the future. Jenny also asked, are there things that make symptoms worse, such as obesity, caffeine, alcohol, and sugar?
0: All of the things Jenny mentioned are likely to make symptoms worse. Again, there's a great variation from individual to individual, but women who are obese are likely to have more hot flashes. Alcohol can be a trigger for hot flashes, certainly. Red wine is often mentioned as a trigger for hot flashes. More carbs big late large meals with carbs oftentimes night sweats are are experienced and caffeine too for some women so it's important for women to understand that there may be certain triggers in their lives that worsen hot flashes but because it is so individual trying to understand for your own experience what that trigger might be and then experimenting to see if you can modify it by addressing those triggers.
2: That's really good to know too. So the triggers as you said they can be different for everyone. So is it kind of do you suggest monitoring you know what symptoms you have once they arise or is that something that kind of going into menopause people should just be more aware of?
0: I think the understanding of what symptoms might be associated with menopause are helpful for instance joint pain. Not widely recognized as a menopause-related symptom, but many men, women experience it. Not that that's an indication to initiate hormone therapy, although hormone therapy can, in fact, help joint pain for many women, but it is, again, another connect the dots. So this is maybe why this is happening. And again, back to exercise, is great for joints. Maybe you need to modify your exercise. Maybe it should be yoga. We know yoga is great for the mind, but it's great for core, pelvic floor, health, flexibility, joints, many of the things that are going to become more challenging, not only as we transition through menopause, but as we age.
2: Mm, Yes. And I would love to hear more about what you said as far as genitals being affected. How does menopause tend to affect uh, sexual intimacy with a partner?
0: Well, this idea of hormones influencing different tissues is important to understand and primarily the outcome of menopause is complete absence of estradiol, which is the most impactful estrogen hormone that is circulating. And the genitals, including the vulva, vagina, urethra, base of the bladder, that whole area in the absence of estrogen, is going to significantly lose blood supply. Therefore, sensation, ability to arouse an orgasm will be impacted. And then over time, that loss of estrogen and blood supply will result in literally shrinking of the tissues. Women lose the labia minora. They kind of melt away, and the tissues get a little bit more fragile, dry. There can be narrowing shortening of the vagina. So it has a huge impact to women's genitals and in turn to women sexually. Typically the first symptom that's going to become apparent to women is probably dryness and, and this idea that when arousal or the sexual intimacy is initiating, most women will reflexively moisturize and and arouse and and feel that moisture there in the vagina and, and opening of the vagina, and that will gradually diminish. But then when women try to experience intercourse, penetration, if there's dryness, there is going to be discomfort. So it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle of it takes longer, it's harder, I don't orgasm as readily, it's now a bit more dry and uncomfortable. So it tends to become a negative circle of opting out of having sex.
2: So what role can lubricant play? Is that something that can help minimize some of the the pain involved with menopause?
0: Absolutely. So this is an area that can be really difficult for some women to navigate as well. So as dryness Is occurring, the solution to that is using a lubricant. So, selecting a lubricant that is pleasing, comfortable for you and your partner is an important aspect of continuing to have sex comfortably and pleasurably. So, first, we want to just introduce the idea to women that as intercourse becomes maybe more dry or uncomfortable, you need to pick up a lubricant. There are water based hybrid silicone, a variety of options out there, and they work differently postmenopausal women typically can't use a water lubricant as readily as a young woman can some of them have arousal products that are going to enhance ability to rouse but in a postmenopausal woman whose tissues are a little fragile that may actually cause pain so in my practice I have a selection of lubricants sitting out I have women feel them in their hands talk about this is more slippery it's going to be longer lasting that may be what you desire On my website, we've introduced uh, what we call a lubricant sampler where women can get a variety of water-based hybrid silicone small samples so they can try them out and then they send back a card telling their preference because if you walk into a local drugstore, the shelf can be a little overwhelming and the selection process can be pretty hard to do. So helping women understand, number one, that a lubricant is important, but then selecting a lubricant.
2: That's so interesting what you said about water-based lubricants because I've I've heard that, you know, they can be a, a better choice, but as you said, different lubricants for different people. Are they more likely to cause pain if you've gone through menopause?
0: Yes. So lu- water-based lubricants just dry very quickly and they tend to get a little gummy and sticky. They don't last very long. So generally speaking, that becomes less appealing or satisfactory for the postmenopausal population. I see, interesting. And also, a, a, another kind of nuance of this conversation is around vaginal moisturizers. And vaginal moisturizers are even a different subset of products that are designed to put in the vagina as you'd moisturize your face or your body on an ongoing basis to prevent dryness. The vagina can have some of the same properties, so we have Moisturizers available to women that they be use, you know, two to three times a week, placed in the vagina, and the idea there is it's going to try to maintain some of the moisture that's naturally there, some of the elasticity, so the natural progression of dryness will be lessened by the use of a moisturizer.
2: Ah, that's really helpful and very very interesting too. How much does heredity and and do genetics? play a role. If we, you know, have a conversation, for example, with a mother or an an aunt, um, is that a helpful thing as far as kind of, I know it can be daunting as we move toward menopause, kind of what to expect?
0: I think the good news around that is probably that it's not very genetic. It's really hard to predict. It's interesting you bring this up because I see many women, seeking treatment early in the process because they're so fearful it's gonna go like their mother's experience. And it's never a good thing when a 40 year old, you know, remembers her mother's menopausal transition fifteen years ago. Most hopefully it wasn't a notable family event. But when it didn't go well, it may be a, a notable family event. So many women come in really fearful about what's ahead because they saw it go badly. The good news is it's really so individual that looking to another family member is probably not a likely predictor of your experience.
2: Uh Ah, that is also really good to know. What about for anybody who is struggling with menopause symptoms and isn't quite sure what to do and perhaps isn't comfortable talking about their, their symptoms?
1: And
0: I think that the issue there is to do well. Patients may not be comfortable talking about it, but many providers maybe aren't comfortable talking about it because they themselves don't have a great deal of information or knowledge. So really trying to find a a provider, physician, or mid-level nurse practitioner, PA, who has some experience in menopause is helpful. There is a resource, a website, menopause.org. It's the North American Menopause Society. They also have a spot on their website where you can put in your zip code a radius and actually seek out a certified menopause provider that might be in your area. So if you really want to talk to somebody who has a focus and interest in this area of medicine, there are resources out there to try to assist you in finding that person.
2: Beautiful. One thing that I have noticed is, as you said, people's experiences are so different. And I've heard negative stories. I've also heard positive stories and I wonder is there good news? Do do sometimes really wonderful things happen through menopause?
0: And I think that's a good point too because we tend to do generalizations and of course the things that are of interest oftentimes are, are the unfortunate negative things. We don't always celebrate the good along the way. But for many women it, it is a great time. I think For most women who reach this stage and age, they have more confidence. I think their relationship, they've often had great, loving, rich relationships and this idea of launching your family and now having more time to focus on yourself or maybe a more fulfilling aspect of your career. So I find it's often a time where women find their stride and and feel more self-confident in careers and relationships.
2: That is really wonderful to hear. Wonderful, wonderful news. I think uh, empowering ourselves with education as as you said and really knowing and and talking to our doctor and really staying aware of these things can really go a long way. I so appreciate your sharing your wonderful insight. I hope everyone will check out your website middlesexmd.com. Any last words of of encouragement to anybody who is Feeling um, either overwhelmed or perhaps a little bit fearful about menopause?
0: Well, I think just to know that there are resources and information and treatment options, and it's not something you need to endure. And really, there are some really great, successful ways to do this well and come out in a better place.
2: Such wonderful advice to find spectacular products for sex before, during, and after menopause, including toys, lube, and sexual health aids, be sure to check out thepleasurechest.com, or you can find their ad and link straight to their website on my website, augustmclaughlin.com, where you can also find all kinds of more Girl Boner fun. I hope you'll also subscribe on iTunes if you haven't yet, and if you can spare a minute or two, give us a happy rating and a simple review. Thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.